0: Welcome to The Nonprofit Voice, a podcast series brought to you by Nonprofit Pro, the go-to resource for nonprofit management and strategy. In each episode, we're going to sit down with leaders of nonprofit organizations, the people responsible for paving the way for our sector, along with key technology strategy partners who are transforming our industry. Here at The Nonprofit Voice, we'll have refreshing conversations in which we will all learn more about the convergence of nonprofit and technology. Be sure to follow us on social media and visit our website to find more episodes of The Nonprofit Voice. And you can download all of The Nonprofit Voice episodes on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. We will have all the links down below. Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome back to The Nonprofit Voice. I'm Neeti, Editor-in-Chief of Nonprofit Pro, and I'll be your host for today's episode. And as always, thank you so much for joining us. I hope everyone is doing well this week. I'm super excited to, in, to introduce today's guest. So please join me in welcoming Joanne Dodd, Marketing and Database Director of Open Door Mission, and of course, Gabe Cooper, Founder and CEO of Virtuous. Hi guys, how are you both doing today?
1: Amazing, doing great. i okay.
2: good.
0: Excellent, I'm so happy to hear it. So as usual, before we get into today's conversation, I like to start to get our audience more acquainted with the guests on our podcast. So, Joanne, I'm going to start off with you. Can you tell us more about yourself? How you found yourself up in, in the nonprofit sector, and of course, more about Open Door Mission.
2: Well, I've always had a heart for working with the homeless, um, and I've just, uh, but I don't really, not really a people person. So, I've worked at Open Door Mission now for around 17 years. I started right out of school and uh, started working in diet entry and just moved up to designing the website and mailings to marketing.
0: Excellent. And Gabe, um, more about yourself and about Virtuous?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a long history in nonprofit. I used to work in nonprofit running the technology team at about a $30 million nonprofit. And For the last 10 years um, or more now, I've been building technology for nonprofits. And so um, started Virtuous with just a passion for helping uh, nonprofits connect more personally with donors to create relationships at scale that drive generosity in the world. So Virtuous is a CRM and marketing platform. Uh, We're based in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're just, I'm thrilled to serve some of the world's most amazing organizations.
0: I'd love to hear it. All right, great. So I've invited both Joanne and Gabe on the podcast today so we can talk about multi-channel and responsive fundraising trends, which is a very exciting topic to me, um, seeing as this is kind of the path forward. So before we actually get into the nitty-gritty part of the conversation. Gabe, can you talk about multi-channel and what that really means?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, what we see in most fundraising programs is you can communicate with your donors on all sorts of channels, right? You can email or call them or text them or send direct mail. And I think um, what we've uh, discovered over time is that those channels that you can, that the more nonprofits can use, more channels to communicate with donors, the more successful they're going to be. And so multi-channel simply means telling a coherent story across multiple mediums. And so your, your emails that you send and your mail that you send and text messages that you send, that they all line up together. In sequence to tell a compelling story to drive generosity.
0: So uh, Virtuous and Next After just released a study not too long ago about that found that multi-channel donors give three times more than single-channel donors. So Gabe, can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, even before the study, we had looked at a lot of data sets across, you know, um, organizations Next After works with and other organizations that that clearly show that. A multi-channel donor, someone who's giving on more than one channel, is worth 300% more, and they are they retain it twice the rate um, of typical donors, right? And so your your best donors are the ones that are giving or engaged on multiple channels. And so this study um, that we did with Next After, we actually gave $20 gifts to um, 102 organizations, and so we created a a fake persona, right? And so we gave uh, gifts online through one persona and gifts offline through another persona. And then we just um, sat back and waited to see how the organizations would connect with us. So for offline, our offline donor, we wrote our email and phone on the response device or the check that we sent in. And for online, we gave them a phone number and a mailing address. And so we wanted to see if we know off our multi-channel donors are worth three times more, how are most nonprofits then communicating on multiple channels after that first gift? And uh, we uh, we can get into some of the findings, but um, I think that that study drove some amazing insights.
0: Yeah, I think it was great to see the value of multi-channel donors Um, i had no idea it was three times more than single channel so that was really interesting for me and i mean we're going to talk a little bit more about the findings later on the conversation Um, but joanne i kind of wanted to bring you into this conversation a little bit to share any details on you know the behaviors of multi-channel donors at open door mission
2: well multi-channel donors um make up about six percent of our file which isn't a lot, but they do give more, they are giving more than your single channel donors.
1: It's great. I think what Joanne, um, even at Open Door, I think that 6% isn't atypical, right? From what we see across a lot of organizations that that 6% is about right. There's some organizations that have been able to get strategic to drive that up higher, um, but, but I don't think Open Door's atypical there.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, This clearly shows the value of multi-channel donors for a nonprofit. Um, But another thing you guys found the study gave is, you know, I think a lot of nonprofits aren't leveraging multi-channel communications the way that they should. Um, So why do you think that is?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, yeah, the study found that for an offline donor, somebody that just mails in a check, um, even when we wrote an email address on that response device, only 7% of organizations Send us anything in the mail, right? So, or send us anything on email. And so, we gave them an email address. Yet, yeah, the um, 93% of the time, they only sent mail back and they didn't send email. That's a massive missed opportunity. Um, on the email side, when we gave a gift online, we we're getting a lot of emails back. And about half the time, they also send us a direct mail piece when we provide our address. So that was slightly better. So for your online donors, organizations are doing a little bit better job, at least getting a piece of mail through. Um, the other interesting thing we found was of the 102 organizations we gave to, literally only one organization sent us a text message. It was Doctors Without Borders, actually, and they did a great job with SMS. But that's also a huge missed opportunity. I think that. Um, From the organizations that we talk to, there's two main problems. One is that a lot of organizations don't really understand the value of a multi-channel donor. They don't understand that that donor can be worth three times more, or that those are just sort of real people that interact with their email and they get mail, and that, that taking advantage of those multiple touch points can be really powerful. So a lot of organizations just don't know that the other problem is logistically it's hard right I mean if you're processing direct mail to be able to get that email entered and to get them in an email flow it takes work and sometimes it takes cobbling together a couple of different pieces of software or even teams and so it's just it can be it can feel overwhelming to communicate on multiple channels well
0: yeah for sure but um I don't think it has to be. I think nonprofits are very overwhelmed by it because obviously we all know that nonprofits don't have as many resources as they probably need to do all the things they want to do. So for a nonprofit, you know, learning more about multi-channel and, you know, maybe it's something they now want to go ahead and use and add into their kind of overall communication strategy. What are some key things to consider?
2: I'd say just because the donor is giving online doesn't mean that they weren't, that they didn't want or didn't receive your mail piece or shouldn't receive your mail piece. And likewise, just because they're giving online or offline doesn't mean they shouldn't get email if you have it.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think we think of donors and channels sometimes like, oh, they gave online, they only want email, but that's not how our lives actually work, right? Like I buy, you know, if I buy something online, from REI, I like the fact that REI sends me a catalog in the mail, right? And so it's just a different touch point and a different medium, but I think our online donors aren't, sometimes we think, well, our offline are old people or online are young people, and that's not true. We all live um, the independent of our age. And actually, the study showed this by age too, is that um, they, they kind of act the same, like we all love being, communicated with on multiple channels. And so uh, the other important piece here is um, how you cultivate versus ask people for money. What we found was online donors, um, organizations are doing a little bit better job with cultivation, just telling stories without asking again for money. And so sometimes a multi-channel strategy can be a great way to just express gratefulness. Like a great place to get started is If somebody gives you a gift online, sending them a postcard in the mail, you know, 20 days after the online gift that just um, says thank you and tells them a story of the impact they're making in the world. So that's like a great place to get started that sort of reaffirms the impact that donors making, but doing it on a different channel and just not including an ask. Right. Just pure cultivation and gratefulness.
0: Yeah. And I think this is a good segue into our next topic, which is obviously multi-channel is great, but I think depending on the platform that you're using, whether it's online or offline, the messaging is, it's not just a copy and paste. It has to be crafted for that specific platform. So, you know, Joanne, I'm gonna, I, I love to know, like at Open Door Mission, how is your nonprofit using direct mail to cultivate online donors and vice versa?
2: Well, we don't separate our online and offline donors. Uh, If a donor has an address and is giving, falls in the category of what we want to mail, then they get the direct mail piece. And likewise, if they have an email address, no matter how they give, actually, they have an email address, they're giving our email, unless we are sending it to a specific group. And like for new donors, we send a welcome packet whether they give online or offline, they all if we have an address, they get a welcome packet. And if they have an email, they go through a email nurturing series.
0: Yeah, I think that's great that you guys don't identify online or offline. You just look at the data and kind of let that lead you to how you communicate with them. Gabe,
1: one of the important parts, yeah, and what and Joanne just said, which I think is critical, is um, the difference between a static campaign and a dynamic campaign. And what I mean by that is, a lot of times, as nonprofits, we think about direct mail and oh, we send monthly appeals, right? So we plan those letters out a year in advance. We know, you know, November, everybody's going to get our matching gift appeal. Um, but what what Joanne just described is is sending mail that's a lot more responsive to donor behavior, and so the idea there is, oh, somebody gave a first-time gift. I know we want them to get a a welcome package, even if they give online. We want them to get a welcome package in the mail 20 days later, right? And so now we're not thinking about direct mail in a silo of just being static. We're just, you know, if somebody gives online. We're going to wait till we send our next appeal instead we're letting that donor behavior drive that next piece that they get whether it's offline or online so now we know oh if somebody gives a a gift for the first time we know they're going to get seven touch points in the first 60 days let's say right so we know they're going to get email direct mail email email text direct mail in that over that period of time but it's really driven by donor behavior and so i think particularly around direct mail that's the biggest shift that nonprofits can make is moving from that static. We only send monthly appeals to, oh, wow, how can we have direct mail show up based on donor behavior?
0: Yeah, that donor behavior piece is, I think, is really important. Um, As you you both probably know, each donor is different. They're going to have different interests. They're going to have different preferences that we're going to want to communicate differently so looking at that little that piece will help drive your strategy whether it's online or offline or both Um, and Gabe you mentioned a little bit about responsive fundraising and I kind of want to build into that a little bit more and so my question to you is how can responsive fundraising build donor loyalty for nonprofits
1: um yeah it's a great question so at the heart of responsive, it starts with listening, right? We can't do any of this unless we listen to our donors and know why they give and when they give and what they're interested in, what they're passionate about. And so, um, and just even thinking about your relationships in life, you can't build loyalty or real relationship without first listening. So a, a lot of what this means for fundraisers is, understanding their donors behavior understanding what they're interested in looking at things like geolocation data or wealth data or social media data to make sense of who each donor is and then sort of as much as possible um automating some touch points based on key behaviors and so I'll, I'll give you a great example of something simple that builds donor loyalty that a lot of nonprofits do and it's just like birthday postcards right that's a super simple example if i know a donor's birthday and I, and I can set up my system to, as soon as that donor's birthday hits, my system can automatically send out a postcard wishing them happy birthday. That's a great way to drive donor loyalty. By first listening, you know, you figure out when their birthday is and you listen for that signal, and then you automatically act on it by sending a postcard. Now there's a million examples of that, but that's, that's really at the heart of responsive fundraising is how do we first listen to donors well, and then, how can we connect more personally at scale based on those donors' behaviors?
0: All right, um, so Joanne and Gabe, we've talked about a lot today. And so there's a one question that I love to ask our guests on the show, and it could be difficult um, because it's very specific. So Joanne, I'll, I'll go ahead and get started with you. If you had any advice for nonprofits on everything that we've discussed today, what would it be?
2: I'd say uh, don't stop sending your donors mail. Even if they're giving only online, unless they request it. Excellent. And
1: Gabe? Yeah, I think some of this can seem a little bit overwhelming um, for nonprofits, just logistically pulling it off. So don't get overwhelmed by the immensity of the task. I would say just find a simple way to get started today. So even what Joanne mentioned, which is a multi-channel new donor welcome series, that's a great place to start, right? So just just like in our study, we had these fake donors that gave a gift, and then we watch what organizations do. Like, don't be one of the organizations that just uses one single channel to communicate. So even if it's just you commit this year, hey, every new donor online, they're at least going to get a postcard, right, in their first 60 days. Or... Vice versa, we commit like if somebody gives an offline gift and they write their email address, we're going to commit to getting their email address entered in the system and make sure they get at least two emails from us in that first 60 days, right? Start small and even a change Mm -hmm. as small as that. I think you'll see huge results in both um, and lifetime value of those donors and year over year retention how quickly you're able to get from that first to second gift. I think all of those metrics will move in the right direction, but don't get overwhelmed. Just start with something simple.
0: Yeah, I love that you said that to start small and just build up because it doesn't have to be overwhelming and it doesn't have to be a huge lift. Um, just starting with the initial follow-up emails for communications and then building up, I think is a really great way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So that about wraps it up for today's episode. First, I want to listen to I want to thank our listeners for listening on today's podcast and Joanne and Gabe. It's been a pleasure having you both on. Thank you so much for joining me on the Nonprofit Voice and sharing your insights on multi channel and responsive fundraising.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having us.
0: And so on behalf of Nonprofit Pro, we'll see you in the next episode of the Nonprofit Voice. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Nonprofit Voice. You can listen to more episodes of The Nonprofit Voice at nonprofitpro.com slash podcast slash the hyphen nonprofit hyphen voice. And remember, for your convenience, you can stream any and all episodes of The Nonprofit Voice on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify.